Welcome to the Self-Care Goddess Podcast, brought to you by me, Rita Savoya, founder of Savoya Self-Care Holistic Wellness. I'm a certified nutritionist and a holistic wellness coach for midlife women who want to rediscover their happier, sexier selves naturally without pills or side effects so that they can thrive as they age. I'm also the creator of the Savoya Self-Care Method, empowering women to nurture heart, mind, and body for transformative results. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to help millions of midlife women become their own health heroes. As a woman entrepreneur and a caregiver to aging parents, I fully understand the many responsibilities and generally stressful times women are living through these days, often suffering in silence, misunderstood, and putting themselves last. That's why each week I will be here for you, guiding you on your personal wellness journey, sharing expert advice from thought leaders on natural, practical, and simple solutions to help you thrive during the midlife transition. Get ready to listen to inspiring conversations about all things wellness, nutrition, mindset, mental health, fasting, hormones, menstrual cycle awareness and sinking, ancient healing strategies like meditation, mindfulness and breath work, and spirituality. Every month, I will also be featuring a small to medium-sized business to help spread the word on the amazing work they're doing so we can support them. And now, without further ado, let's get ready to rumble. Happy listening. Three, two, one... Hello and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Goddess podcast. Today we have a beautiful special guest, um, a friend of mine as well. So I'm really excited to have her on the show. And there is definitely so much to be to learn about a certain condition that she will speak about. So I'm really, really excited to have her on. Before we start, as usual, we will begin with a heart um, coherence from the HeartMath Institute. So just to sort of settle us into the space and to make us a little bit more open and receptive to this beautiful conversation that we're about to have with Kate. So if I invite to, I invite you to relax, relax your shoulders, surrender to whatever surface is beneath you, perhaps even lowering your gaze or closing your eyes and really paying attention to our breath our inhales and our exhales, maybe even ballooning our bellies out when we inhale and then pulling that belly button towards the spine on each and every exhale, really focusing our attention on our breath going in and out. And as we continue this deep belly breathing, I invite you to focus your attention in the area of the heart. And as we continue this heart-focused breathing, I invite you to visualize someone that you're grateful for today. Let's visualize them as if they were right here in front of us. And let's send them some love, gratitude, and appreciation for them being in our lives. And as we continue this heart-focused breathing, I invite you to open yourself up to this amazing information that we're going to hear and listen to Kate today. 
inhale one more time together. And let's sigh it out. All right. Let's slowly open our eyes and come back to the space. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. I am super excited to have you here and talk about MS. So um, Kate is a wife, a former athlete up until 2020. She raised a dog guide puppies until one decided that he'd rather be her pet. <laughs> this just got her to be a dog mom. And that's even better. So she's also a women's health and hormones coach and the owner of Aligned Weight Loss and a registered holistic nutritionist. And that's how I met Kate is at IHN. So I'm super, super grateful that our paths have um, crossed. So thank you, Kate, for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you today? Thank you so much, Rita. I'm really happy to be here as well. Um, I'm great today. I mean, the weather isn't the best in Ontario, but it's it's all good. I'm having yeah. a good week. Yes, we'll bring some sun too <laughs> with this conversation. So I always love to start by hearing my guest's story. They always have tremendous, beautiful stories. So tell us your story. What got you into doing what you are doing? So that's actually an interesting story because it ties very much into what we're going to talk about today. Ultimately, being you know diagnosed with MS was a life changing experience for me, and for several years, I you know followed what I thought I should be doing and listened to my doctors. And eventually, I got to the point where I realized that it wasn't improving my quality of life. I wasn't getting healthier, and I wasn't feeling better. And I heard a video, a friend shared with me a video of a doctor who was talking about using nutrition as a means of reversing the symptoms I was dealing with. And that was literally the shift for me. That was watching that video. I think I watched it like five times in a row. And that day it, it opened my eyes and it just opened, opened up to kind of having hope again and to an understanding and awareness that maybe there was something that I could do to make this better for myself. And kind of the rest is history. Like I got into nutrition at that point for myself. And when I saw the difference that it made in what I was dealing with and my ability to heal and to feel better and to live the life I wanted, I had to share it. So that's ultimately how I got into nutrition and health in general. Amazing story. May I ask what the video which doctor? I have. I, I can guess. I think you probably do because you're in the space. But the video a friend sent to me was from Dr. Terry Walls. Mm -hmm. uh, it was called "Mining Your Mitochondria," I believe. And I literally watched this video probably at least five times when I first got it, and it was just so eye-opening for me to understand that I had options, that there were things that maybe I could do to start helping myself rather than just relying on my doctors to try and, and fix things for me. And so, you know, when I started to incorporate nutrition and make the changes that she suggests, I started to feel better. I started to be able to, you know, eliminate some of the symptoms I was dealing with. And the change it made for me in my health I realized pretty soon that it was something that I had to share with people. Mm. So ultimately that video, Dr. Terry Walls is, is what got me into nutrition because if I can, you know, make my life that much better, I need to help other people too. 
Amazing. And I love, that's why I love asking this question because it's always, it's always that way. My guests always had some sort of challenges and they overcame these challenges and now they just want to share it with the world, which is my story too. So it's amazing to see that. So tell us a little bit more um, about your diagnosis and that will also help sort of explain what, what is MS exactly? Yeah, for sure. So like I said, it was 2005 when I was diagnosed. I was 22 years old mm. um, and I woke up one day and the right side of my body was numb. And I just thought I must have slept funny or something was going on. I was young. I was active. I was healthy. So I didn't really think anything of it. And a couple of days later, I was still numb, like really numb on my right side. And I thought I should probably go to the doctor and get this checked out before I have to start another week of work. So I did, and they did all kinds of tests, and a doctor walked in who I'd never met before and said, I'm diagnosing you with multiple sclerosis. And ultimately, so what is MS? Mm-hmm. There's, there's some controversy around where it comes from and what causes it. If you ask different people, you'll get different answers. But what happens is there's there's like an insulation lining around our nerve cells in our brain, um, in our spinal cord as well. It's called the myelin sheath. And when that gets worn down, our nerves become exposed. And that's when we start to have issues because those nerves are no longer protected. And so, you know, symptoms that I had, like I said, my right side was numb. Numbness and loss of feeling is a common symptom for people with MS. Um, Other things that I dealt with, like I used to trip all of the time. I'd be walking and I'd just fall. I'd be running. I'd just fall. Mm. I'd drop things. I had a really hard time with cognitive challenges. That was one of the most frustrating things ever. Um, And there was pain as well. I dealt with nerve pain. Like I was initially diagnosed as sciatica, but then they figured out it was MS related. And I dealt with that nonstop for five years, which was challenging yeah but the cognitive issues was the worst because dealing with pain is one thing dealing with changes in the way your body moves is is something but feeling like you're losing control of your mind was the hardest thing I've I've dealt with really with this whole thing like there's no way I'd be on this this podcast if that was still the case so what what does that mean exactly what sort of symptoms does that describe I had I had, I knew in my brain, I felt smart. I knew exactly what I wanted to say and I could never get it to come from my brain to my mouth. Mm. I used to say, I feel like there's a short circuit somewhere and I'd I'd laugh it off and I'd joke about it because it was uncomfortable and that's often what we do, right? Mm. But on, on paper, you know, writing you a note, sending you an email I, I knew what I was talking about and I was able to communicate well that way, but verbal communication, I had a really hard time with. I would slow my words. I would talk slower. I would completely mix up my words. Um, and it, I just, I started to feel dumb. I just didn't even want to be social anymore. I didn't want to interact with people because they looked at me like, what's wrong with you? And it's, it's hard to deal with. Mm-hmm, for sure. And these are common symptoms. Do most people have sort of the physical, the mental? And then, of course, there's obviously the social aspect of it as well. And then it affecting your emotional. Is it is it common to have all of these or, or some people just have the physical? How does that work? Do you know? That's the thing is it's so tricky to know with this illness because it's different for everyone. 
you can never just say to someone like, oh, you were diagnosed with MS. This is what you can expect because it's literally going to be different for everyone. Wow. And a lot of the times, this is one of those things where it's it's almost classified as like an invisible illness mm-hmm. because you're struggling on the inside on so many different ways. And people would look at me and they're like, you don't look sick. Mm. What's going on kind of thing. So it, mm-hmm. it's it's very hard to predict what's going to happen from day to day, let alone from person to person. Wow, that's tough. That's tough for sure. Because it, it adds that layer of complexity, right? So in terms of what causes it? Is it genetic predisposition that you have? Or what causes that deterioration of that malin uh, sheath? This is where there's so many different beliefs around this. Um, a lot of the times, you know, we we link it to leaky gut can be a contributor to it. So there can be, you know, food sensitivities or some sort of reason that things are getting through the gut and your body is recognizing that as foreign. And then it's the same um, like setup as your myelin sheath. And so your body turns around and attacks itself. So it is considered an autoimmune condition where Mm. the body is attacking itself. Um, But I actually did a research paper in one of our class, my classes in our, the school we went to together Mm -hmm. and did some more research on MS and there, there are different ways of looking at it. Like there are some people that think that it has to do with candida mm. and has to do with, you know, the imbalance in the gut bacteria releasing formaldehyde and that's what triggers it. And so there's lots of different ways of looking at it. And I mean, ultimately when we have any condition that doesn't have a cure from a medical standpoint, pinpointing a cause or pinpointing the reason that it happens is can be very hard to do. Mm-hmm, for sure. So tell us what you did in terms of conventional medicine when you were listening to your doctor and stuff like that. So then we can compare it to the more, I guess, integrative approach. For sure. So at first I was really resistant. I was young and mm-hmm. I went to the doctors the day that I got diagnosed and she was like, okay, we need to put you on meds. I was not the kind of person who liked to be on medication. So Mm. I did resist for a few years, but as you know, my symptoms started to get worse and I started to have kind of flare ups closer and closer together. I eventually went the medical route. Um, There are options in terms of medication. When I was first getting, you know, into this, it was 2007, I think 2006 or 2007. Sorry, my memory is not the greatest from back then. Um, and so I started a daily injection, which is typically in that time, the only options that we had, we had daily injections or every other day in fact, injections kind of thing. So I injected myself every day for several years. Um, and eventually they did come out with an oral option, but they were, made me feel awful. And so I was taking the medication that my doctor was saying, well, this may help with your symptoms. This may help slow the the progression of the illness, which is great. And I'm sure, you know, for some people that may be the case. For me, it wasn't the case. And I was taking all kinds of other medication on top of that to deal with the symptoms of the first medication. So the injections I was taking were making me unbelievably tired. So I was taking stuff to stay awake. So I didn't fall asleep while I was driving home from work. Wow. And then I had to take other stuff Mm. so I could sleep at night to counteract that. 
and then stuff to deal with nausea. And then, so it was just like this laundry list of medication that I was taking to try and make my life better. And, and ultimately it, it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. And what, what meds are these? Are these the most um, common ones that are prescribed? The first one I was on was called Copaxone. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually tolerated that one the best, but my doctor, it wasn't effective enough. So we had to go stronger. Mm. Um, then I went to beta seron, which I t- was not a good time. Um, hmm. And then I went to Tecfidera after that, which ultimately I felt like nauseous and horrible all of the time. So it was just like trying to get to the right medication and ultimately it just felt worse and worse and worse. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds like a journey. And how long were you doing this for? I stopped in 2016, January or February of 2016. And you started in 2006, 2007. So it's almost nine or 10 years. Wow. Yeah. And you're still relatively young for sure going through all of this. And so then you saw the video and you're like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to give this a go. Yes. Um, I saw the video in 2012. So I had actually started making the dietary changes, but I was still taking the medication because I was scared. Of course. I was scared to move away from, you know, what Mm -hmm. my doctor was telling me because they were saying, well, no, like you have to be on this. And I said, well, I'm changing my diet and I'm feeling better. And my doctor said, well, I don't know anything about that. So I was confused and I was, I was scared. I didn't know what would happen if I came off the medication. And eventually, like in 2016, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. I I can't. So I weaned myself off the medication and went to my doctor and he said, you're playing Russian roulette with your life, basically. Wow. Which was not comforting. For sure. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And how old are you now at this point? At that point, 2016. Oh, you're making me do math. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to say because you started 30, at 22. Four. Wow, still relatively young. Wow, yeah. to take that decision on, right? Yeah. And so let me ask you, so what was it? Was it a gut feeling? Was it like wh- like your mindset was so strong that you, you believed so? Oh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You tell me what it, what it was. <laughs> it's, I'd seen such a difference in how I felt through, you know, making the nutrition changes, through focusing on doing some mindset work, through mm. focusing on, you know, moving my body more and making sure I slept and and really encompassing like all of the holistic stuff that yeah. we talk about. And I just was feeling so much better. And the only times during my day where I didn't feel well was after I took my medication. Mm. And so I was, I was kind of at the point where I was like, I have to see like, mm-hmm. is this what's making me feel crappy or is this what's making me feel better? And the only way I could know was not taking it. Yeah. So, yeah. Was to stop that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. And it's interesting you talk about the six pillars of self-care that I've created, which is mindset, movement, sleep, right? So what would you say was that one, maybe maybe it's not just one, but that one pivotal holistic self-care habit that really, you know, was the the tipping point for you wasn't okay. I don't want to say it, but (laughs) you tell me. 
Um, well, nutrition was big for me, but I think mindset was a really big part of it for me too, because for a long time, I'd been living in the kind of the mentality of like, why me? Mm. What did I do for this? Like, what did I do to deserve this? And, and sort of in a bit of a victim mentality and kind of waiting for someone else to come in and make things better for me. And I actually had my best friend at the time say to me, because I used to do all kinds of charities like the MS walk and I used to do the ride for MS and all these events to raise money for this cause. And I went to her and said, like, will you, will you sponsor me? Will you donate for one of the events? And she said to me, I will. I love you. You're my best friend. But I hate to tell you, they're never going to come up with a cure for this. And that was probably the hardest thing to hear. It made me angry. It made me upset. It made me feel even more scared and hopeless for a bit. But thankfully, it was coming from someone who I did know actually did love me and cared about me and wanted me to be healthy and happy. And it took me some time and I like digested it and thought about it and it kept popping back into my mind. And it made me realize she was right. Like I was, I needed to step out of that place where I was waiting for someone else to come in and save me Mm -hmm. and take responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that was not long before, you know, I saw that video and started making the diet changes. But had I not had that kind of like, wake up call. Yeah. Like I need that. I need Mm -hmm. the like kind of smack, like, Mm. hold on, you're putting all of your effort and all of your energy into raising money for something. But what if you put all that effort and energy into yourself Mm -hmm. and into your own healing journey? Yes. And, you know, I think this is something that's, that I never would have been ready for this if it had happened at the beginning of my journey. I think it took time for me to kind of go through a little bit, just me personally, to go through a little bit of this and to try the things my doctor said and to try the medical route and to realize like, this isn't working for me. Mm-mm-mm. And to hear that it, it was, it was a wake up call. And it was just this like 180 in my mind of like, holy crap. Okay. I need to do something. I need to do something for me. I need to stop waiting for someone to come in and save me. Correct. Are you guys still best friends? <laughs> No. Oh, seriously? Okay. That's another story. (laughs) For another podcast. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. (laughs) So what was the dietary changes? What were were those like? What did you do exactly? Were you you eating a relatively healthy diet before or it was a complete overhaul? I thought I was eating relatively healthy. Um, And a lot of the times that's the case, right? In hindsight, what I realized was that paying attention and figuring out what were inflammatory foods for me, Mm. what things were triggering for me was the biggest um, learning experience, but it was also the biggest kind of eye-opener and shift that I made. So after seeing Dr. Wall's video, hers is pretty intense, the Minding Your Mitochondria video. I think it's like nine cups of vegetables per day and like... It's, it's intense. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Does she put it in a smoothie or no, it's just, you have to eat like piles of vegetables. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not ready for that. So, you know, I did some digging around and I found the paleo diet, which Mm. at the time was relatively new. 
But I figured it ticked a lot of the boxes in terms of what she was talking about. So I removed all processed foods. Mm-hmm. I removed all added sugar. And those were really big changes for me. I was, you know, working and not very old and trying to figure things out on my own. And, you know, to get rid of my whole grain Cheerio breakfast every mm. sort of for dinner every night that I used to eat before hockey and kind of shifted over to having to cook for myself and yes. preparing meals every day. So it was a big change for me, but it, yeah, it incorporated like none of the processed stuff. I started eating real food. I started, you know, shopping around the outside of the grocery store, which we talk about a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. I started eating a lot more vegetables, a lot more, you know, fruits, a lot more um, like real meat and fish and not the processed stuff. And I actually eliminated all grains as well with the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. And And that was kind of the starting point for me to try and figure out what is actually I'm reacting to and then what things can I introduce back in that are actually going to be okay for my body. Wow. Amazing. And you did this all by yourself, just through your own research. You weren't at IHN yet, which is the holistic nutrition school. Correct. Yeah. 2012, I was like 30. No, I wasn't even 30. Mm -hmm. Because then you, you joined the school in 2019. I did. Uh-huh. So you did that all that by yourself. That's amazing, Kate. Like, wow. <laughs> that is truly inspirational for sure. And so is this, so now, because I, I think when you were in, in school, you were doing the carnivore diet as well. So when did you notice your symptoms reversing or alleviating? When, when did that happen? It didn't happen all at once. Mm. I will say that. Um, the changes I made, like when getting onto the paleo diet made a big difference in me. It made a big difference in my energy. It started to make differences in my mental clarity as well, which mm-hmm. were the two things that were really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, over time, I just kind of progressed and I played around with different things. So, yes, I tried like a, a more keto diet where I removed more carbohydrates um, from my life. Uh, and some symptoms improved throughout that as well. Like the mental clarity got even better. Um, I was able to come off of, because I was on gabapentin for the uh, neuropathy, for the nerve pain I was dealing with. I was able to come off of that. And then beyond that, yeah, I progressed. I went carnivore for a little while. I lost kind of the last of the symptoms I was still dealing with doing the carnivore diet. And from there, I've come, come to the point where I have a better understanding of what things my body doesn't like what things are inflammatory and triggering for me. Mm. And it's almost like more intuitive now. I mean, I've been doing using nutrition and using diet to reverse my symptoms to essentially replace or not replace, um, like reverse the disease, reverse what I was dealing with and for over 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's at the point where stuff is not off limits but I'm very careful and cautious and I eat the things that make me feel my best. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So tell me a little bit more. Can you reverse this um, or do you just sort of stop the symptoms to uh, progressing? How does that work? And what's, what's, or maybe now you're smiling. I think there's the conventional idea of it and then the integrative approach. Tell me more about that. (laughs) It depends who you ask. Yeah. Um, And this, this may be, some people are not going to agree with this. And mm-hmm. I guess, and this is just kind of my view on it. 
And we actually shared a teacher at IHN who said to me, if you're reversing the mechanism of the disease, do you still have the disease? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so like, what does that mean? The mechanism is whatever is going on in your body that is causing the, the disease and the symptoms to happen. So if you've reversed that and you're no longer having symptoms and you're no longer dealing with flare ups, do you even still have the condition, the disease? According to medicine, yes. You cannot reverse MS. There is no cure. Mm. Do I consider myself someone who has MS at this point? No, I do not. Mm. I love that. Yes, you're not associating yourself with that anymore, any longer, because that's a mindset. Well, that goes back to the mindset, right? Yeah, I love that. And also, I, I do feel about if you are totally because, you know, my aunt did pass away from cancer. And there was a lot of times when she didn't really want to hang out with cancer survivors or cancer patients, because then that's all you talk about. And it's just mm -hmm. like, you know, talking about the reticular activating system, then you sort of bring that into your sphere, into your energy field as well. So it's kind of like, I want to be away from that and start living your your life again right so I, I i like that i do agree with with your point of view and and so and yes you, you may so is it a gene thing as well is it um because then maybe if you go back to sort of your old ways of eating and lifestyle you may trigger those flare-ups and then that can constitute to the disease coming back is that a possibility that I'm not going to test that theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now you've got in the past for you. Is it genetic? I'm not sure. Like that's something that they're not entirely, there's no official kind of ruling on that. Okay. Um, if I were to go back to the way I was doing things before, if I was to go back to the old mindset that I was in, if I was to go back into all of the old things I was doing, would it come back? Possibly. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. But I'm not going to do that. So, I mean, when you find something that works for you, when you find something that gives you alt optimal health, like why would you go back? Exactly. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's amazing. Super inspirational. So tell us a little bit more about the lifestyle. What did you change and how did you, how did you do that? I mean, the lifestyle was, you know, trying to be as kind of clean as possible, which is a term that's thrown around, I think too commonly today, but like, even just not spending as much time doing things where I'm soaking up as many, you know, toxins from mm -hmm. the computer screen, from, you know, the air that you're breathing, from all of the different areas where we come into toxins in our world. And we come into even like mindset stuff, as you mentioned, from a lifestyle side of things, like when you're around people who have the same kind of mentality and the same sort of identity that you're trying to get rid of, even that can be toxic. I'm not sure if toxic is the right word, but even that oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Impactful on, on how you're feeling. Um, that was my experience with support groups mm. I was in MS support groups. And this is going to, this is a, a hot topic. Um, I essentially went in when I was starting to feel better and I said like, I'm eating differently and I'm feeling amazing. And just wanted to share the Dr. Walls video with people in the support group. And I got kicked out of every MS support group I was in. Wow. Share these things. And I got messages from people basically saying like, why are you preying on these innocent people? And what I discovered is that 
the support group, they, the people that were in there were there to support me in staying where I was, mm-hmm. not in getting better. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I surround myself with the energy that I want more of in my life. I surround myself with, you know, with nature. I surround myself mm-hmm. with the things that make me feel good. You know, I, I love deep breathing, which I know is something that you're very passionate about as well. And just finding other ways that I can like feel good and make my body feel good. And it, it's just been hugely powerful for me and, and people that I'm around too. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I'm all about that. I mean, I think I say it on every single episode <laughs> that my family calls me the um, the Terminator, that I will terminate relationships, friendships, <laughs> sometimes even if it's family, if it's uh, the energy just does not vibe. It's just too precious for me. Time and energy is just too precious and I, I can't handle it. I feel I physically feel sick when I'm around toxic people. So, I'm with you on that people can also be a level of toxicity that you need to look after um, yourself. So I love that. These are all the pillars that you're talking about, the pillars of self-care. Yes, for sure. And a lot of people um, in celebrating that one year anniversary on the podcast, when I ask, you know, my last question is about your self-care habits, nature walks. So many people talk about nature walks and just being out in nature and how therapeutic that is. So um, you do that a lot. I see that on your Instagram stories and stuff. You're always walking your dog in this beautiful um, scenery. So that's that's been instrumental for you as well. That's amazing. That's it really is. amazing. So it's part of your daily routine, I assume. It is, yeah. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable part of my morning. For amazing, sure. amazing. So tell us a little bit more about this attitude is everything that you talk about. Can you explain um, a little bit more why it's important and you know how do we how do we harness that maybe some tips that have worked for you and our listeners can uh, can uh, can maybe ad- adopt ultimately like as human beings we're going to have lots of times where we're going to gear towards thinking about negative things it's just our nature we see mm-hmm. things we experience things and you know at the end of you could have a great podcast we could have this great podcast And by nature, after this, I'm going to be like, I wonder what she thought when I said this, and Mm. I should have said this. And we come up with all these, these doubts and these kind of negative ways of looking at things. And ultimately, you become what you think about most of the time, right? So if you're letting these negative thoughts like constantly dominate yourself, and once one comes in, more come in. And it just grows from there. Misery loves company, right? It does. It goes from (laughs) one negative thought Mm. to another, to another, to another, to another. And all of a sudden you're like, what just happened? Like, where'd the last hour go? And your energy has shifted and your mood has shifted. And like, really, when we can try and focus on thinking about the positive things rather than ending the podcast and thinking, oh, I wish I would have said this or, you know... did you see that like a big zit on my forehead? Or I wonder what she thought when I said this, or are people going to judge me mm-hmm. when you end something and you're just able to say like, that was amazing. I was great. You know, I, I showed up with everything that I had and everyone will hear exactly what they need from me kind of thing. And just finding a way to shift your energy and, and your focus from the negative that's going on and focusing on you know, what went well and what you're grateful for is really going to attract more positivity into your life. 
That is so true. That's my number one. That's how I wake up in the morning. I don't, I don't get up unless I really have to go to the bathroom. But if I don't, then I just sit there and I just thank everything that's in the room. If I hear any sounds, even the sounds of like a fan or anything, just really thanking for being here. And it just really, you start the morning on such a good vibe, like so, such good vibes. So I, I love that attitude of gratitude as well. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So um, in terms of what's the, what are you doing now? So you are taking what you've learned and tell us a little bit more about that. So MS got me into this. Like you said about your, was your aunt who didn't want to hang around cancer Mm -hmm. people? At some point, I may move to the point where I'm helping people with MS because it's Mm. something that I have a lot of experience in. I have a lot of understanding towards Um, But I came out of that and it was not something I wanted to focus on for the next several years with my, through my life. Mm -hmm. So what I saw most often day to day, like I was a personal trainer for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And what I saw was a lot of women who, you know, were eating the same as they were in their twenties, who were exercising the same as they were in their twenties. Nothing had really changed and they were finding a really hard time with weight. Mm. So you know, when we finished IHN, I realized that nothing really that we studied throughout those two years there had to do with female metabolism and the needs of a female body. So I am a female hormone specialist now. I got back into learning all of that on my own and figuring out what a female body really needs to perform and, you know, have healthy weight loss if that's the goal or improve health or improve you know, symptoms and and the experience of going through perimenopause and menopause. So that's what I focus on now. I do have the program, as you mentioned, or the business aligned weight loss, the aligned weight loss method. Um, And I just, I work with women over about the age of 35 and into your kind of forties and and late forties, and just help them with getting to know their bodies again, because we go through such a transition that you wake up one day and you're like, I don't even know this person anymore. I don't even recognize what I see in the mirror. And that can be a really uncomfortable feeling. So that's my focus now is helping women, helping women understand their bodies and really get, you know, to know their hormones, to get to know what their body needs to be healthy and happy and age well. And so they can love life again. Mm, I love that. So that is definitely aligned to the listeners, to the original listeners of this podcast. Uh, but now I also have men and I have younger women and girls listening to it and then older um, as well. So I, I love that. It's totally aligned to the listenership. So what is the most common advice that you're giving your clients? Sort of the one that you know gets repeated over and over again, or maybe there's more than just one, but if, if you had to say. <laughs> there's so many. I mean, ultimately, clients come to me and they're like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And we're in such a a society where we're so focused on such a linear approach to things. Mm. You need to do more and more and more. And the only way you're going to get what you want is to just keep doing things, keep chasing goals. And so when women come to me and they've tried all the things and they're frustrated, we go through a period of like, you just need to be. Mm. You just need to be for a while. I love that. And what does that mean exactly? It's, it's not focusing on chasing the next goal. It's not focusing on checking off all those things on your to-do list. Like maybe it's getting up and going for a walk in nature, mm. right? Instead of getting up out of bed, you know, getting up early so that you can work out, getting mm. up early so you can do all kinds of different things. 
It's listening to your body and honoring what it's asking for. If you're tired and you're not sleeping well, do I want you to go get up early and go do a workout in the morning? No. No way. Exactly. Get the extra Mm -hmm. sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're so conditioned to think that like you have to push harder all the time. And honestly, for a female body, female metabolism, it's not what's going to work best for you. So, I mean, embrace your sleep, drink lots of water, get out in nature. Like of three simple tips that I can give you, those are them. (laughs) They seem like overly simplified, but they're so important and they're so powerful. It's true. And we often overlook and it's because we're never either taught. No one really talks about that. The body heals in a parasympathetic state. Mm -hmm. And that is what you're talking about. Just being in that rest, restore, replenishing state, right? And that whole other go, 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 the rushing woman syndrome is an excellent book, actually. And it's all on the sympathetic state nervous system state so it's it's a mindset shift and i often tell my clients this too yes if you are if you didn't get a good night's sleep forget about exercising because you're actually making it worse you're probably going to eat more which is not it's actually a fact that we eat about 500 more calories and it's true when i don't have good night's sleep i'm just like okay what else can i put in my mouth (laughs) what else is there right or i don't eat a complete meal I usually want crave other things. So I love that. I love that. They're super simple. And I really hope that we get to the point where everybody knows this because it's starting. I think it's starting because people are like, okay, tell me more. It's sleep. It's movement. What else do I need to do? Right. But I love how you you framed it. And I think you just need to be. (laughs) And this is where, you know, meditation comes in and breath work comes in so that people really embrace that being state where just you're you're just there. And honestly, sometimes I find it hard to do as well. Should I just should I breathe or should I just go to the gym? And I'm like, okay, no, I'm just going to do some breath work today. Right. So I'm 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 also very guilty of it because I'm I'm still recovering from all that. as well from the rushing rushing. yeah rushing woman syndrome (laughs) definitely but yeah i know that's so cool so what is the best advice that you've ever been given by someone that sort of you still hold dear to your heart what's the best advice i've been given Mm -hmm. it's i don't know (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. We can come back to that if it comes to you. If not, that's fine. And also we're compiling. Um, so I don't know if you saw the one year anniversary. We have the top 10 books, I think, from our guests. Yeah, top 10. So what was the most influential book that you've uh, that you've read? And you can, you can sort of categorize it. Was it an MS book or was it more of a self-development book or a mindset book that really sparked your your curiosity uh, or learning in that category so up to you your most influential book that you would recommend to our listeners i have so many (laughs) (laughs) um the most recent book that i've read that i found was really beneficial was the mountain is you Hmm. by brianna weiss um just super powerful in terms of explaining and understanding like why we self-sabotage sometimes why we do the things we do and what we can do to start moving towards having a better understanding and a better focus on our goals i found that one really good oh cool so what does she talk what does she say why do we do is it the programming we're programmed and we have to unprogram ourselves there's programming too but there's a lot of 
there's like beliefs and there's fears of, Mm -hmm. you know, what are other people going to think? And um, like, we try and come up with the worst case scenario is one of the ones she talks about. Like when we don't want to move forward, Mm -hmm. we create these like massive things that could happen that make it make sense and justifiable for us to say to someone like, Oh, we can't, I can't do that because Mm -hmm. if I did, I'd lose my house. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. No, if that could happen, of course you couldn't do that. It's things that are so not going to happen that you're comfortable with that being the reason because there's no actual fear that it's going to happen. We catastrophize, I think she says, mm-hmm. which I found really interesting. So, But that's a survival mechanism, I believe, right? And that's the amygdala kicking in and trying to protect us at the end of the day. So it, it, it is a bit of a... A struggle, or, or again, it sort of adds that complexity to overcoming this, right? But I think through mindset, self awareness, you know, overcoming these limiting beliefs, all through different things you can do, like yoga, breath work, because it really brings you to the present moment. And then that also helps to not catastrophize <laughs> each and every opportunity that comes your way. And it's, you got to do the work, right? I think it's one of the books of um, the psychologist that she wrote, like you really need to do the work. So it's, it's about putting in that, investing that time to yourself, right? So yeah. oh, I like that. What, what's the book called again? I'm sorry. The Mountain is You. The Mountain is You. I love it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. So what are your top three non-negotiable self-care habits? My morning walk for sure is one. Okay. How um, long do you walk for? Um, I'm a bit of a weather snob. So if it's, <laughs> raining, if it's raining like it is today, it's like maybe 15 minutes. Okay. Um, or probably one. 15 minutes is kind of a minimum. And then generally speaking, it's, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, sometimes longer. I mean, I have a dog. I have a wonderful dog who just like brings so much joy and happiness when we go out and we walk on the trails that I never want to come home. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, walking, walking is a non-negotiable daily for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wanted two others as well? Yes. <laughs> I don't pick up this thing first mm. thing in the morning. Yay. Awesome. How do you do that? Cause sometimes it's like, okay, I'll just check what time it is. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> then I end yeah. up checking my messages. Yes. Mine is outside of my room. That's that, that helps. Yeah. 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 That was, I watched, uh, did a Mel Robbins thing a couple years ago where she talked about, don't leave it in your room. Mm-hmm. So my phone charges in the kitchen mm-hmm. because in the past, you know, I'd, I'd wake up to pee in the middle of the night and I just like check it and mm-hmm. then my mind would start spinning and then I just, so my phone lives in the kitchen overnight, plugged in charging. Mm-hmm. I come down in the morning and I want to start my day, like you said, in like the best energy possible. So I journal first thing in the morning. Mm. I write out my goal. I write out some things that I'm grateful for. And that's typically how I start my day. I grab my phone after just because I want to plug in and listen to something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't start scrolling social media or my emails or whatever until like at least an hour after I've woken up. So that's something that's a non-negotiable for me, for sure. Amazing. Third one. Um, I mean, drinking lots of water is definitely mm-hmm. something that I'm, at, that was actually ridiculously hard at the beginning, uh, especially in the winter, because I like my water cold, which I know is not <laughs> ideal 
Um, but yeah, drinking, you know, at least two liters of water every day is something that I am, it's a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's contributing to your very healthy looking skin and hair. <laughs> and for our listeners, I can't see that. Yes, it looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's good quality water as well, right? It has to be filtered. Yeah, yeah or else you become the filter, especially here um, in Ontario. And I think that's everywhere in the world nowadays anyway. So what, t- what type of um, filtered water do you drink? We use distilled. Distilled. Okay, cool. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for that. Those are, those are pretty, um, pretty good and also very easy to adopt. Yes, I I agree. Maybe the phone for most people, but I'm actually thinking of getting like a burner phone or just like a phone that I use only for the meditation. So it doesn't have a SIM card It all has Wi-Fi. So I can actually just log into my YouTube channel and then just listen to the meditations or whatever video um, is going on there. So it really limits my ability to scroll through social media or look at my emails. I was actually thinking of doing something like that, which I already have anyway way so I don't help with that but yeah. um, I love that it's so hard to and you think you're not addicted to it until you try and do something like that and you realize oh my goodness it's yeah for sure because it's dopamine right it's that dopamine release that wants to check more of your messages or go and check oh what did, what, what are the comments on the latest post that I posted right so it's hard it's definitely hard and of course running an online business that you need to be online that adds that other layer of complexity there too so it is extra tough for us so what um is there anything that you want to share with our listeners in terms of new programs or any exciting projects that you're doing and perhaps where they can connect with you as well um any new projects i don't have anything right now. Well, I'm running a webinar tonight, but I know that's going to be behind when this goes out. Um, in terms of where you can connect with me, Instagram is the best place. Um, my mm-hmm. Instagram, I'm sure Rita will share it in the notes for this as well. My Instagram handle is uh, kate.mcdowell.wellness. I share a lot of tips. I share a lot of um, free content on there, which is really beneficial. I hope for people. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, yeah. And then I also have a free Facebook group, which is uh, stress-free, stress-free weight loss for women. And there's a lot of valuable content in there as well. We do challenges from time to time. Um, I do a mindset boot camp um, every two months, which is a lot of fun. And people have, have if I've had really good feedback from as well. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's something if you're looking for something new to check out. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? The mindset challenge? It's a five day, what was a five day, it may transition to a three day, I'm probably going to go back and forth. But basically, we go through the different levels of mindset. So we talk about self image, we talk about Mm. like limiting beliefs, we talk about judgments that we have on ourselves, and forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness is such a powerful tool. And a lot of the times we're holding on to things that we don't even realize is holding us back or is, you know, blocking the flow of positive energy from coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, We talk about the conscious and the unconscious mind a little bit and how they differ and how they support us to achieve our goals, whatever your goal is. And then at the end of every day of every session, um, I do like a a meditation or like a little hypnosis 
with people that helps them really integrate. It's like the vinyasa, no, shavasana, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. At the end, at the end of, of yoga. Mm-hmm. At the end of a yoga where you're integrating everything that mm-hmm. you know, you've just experienced. And yeah, they're a lot of fun. Um, and they're, yeah, not super long. Mm-hmm. Definitely interested in joining that. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank you. Is there anything you want to wrap up, final words for our listeners before we um, say goodbye? Not that I can think of. I'm just super grateful to have this opportunity and to be able to chat with you. So thank you so much. Oh my God, you're very welcome. And thank you for being so inspirational. Um, I did know part of your story, but I didn't know the intricacies of your story. So thank you for being very vulnerable, for sharing your stories, because this is how people get inspired. I'm really hoping that some of our listeners can take um, all of what you've said, or at least some of what things may resonate with them and, and you know, give them that opportunity or that inspiration, motivation to just try and, and see how it goes. And of course, work with their doctor and maybe work with another holistic uh, practitioner and because it worked for you I mean you know you're doing amazing and you had the courage and the determination and the grit and I just hope that that you've inspired our listeners to do the same or at least try Um, so thank you thank you for being a beacon of light and continuing to be that so thank you thank you thank Thank you I'm super grateful for sharing space with us thank you I mean I guess that's the one thing that I would say like you know your body better Mm -hmm. than anyone else and if you feel like you're not getting answers or you're not being listened to because many of us have experienced that where you go in and you say to your doctor like this Mm -hmm. is going on this doesn't feel right and it's dismissed and it's not their fault I'm not blaming the doctors but be the advocate advocate for yourself and for your health and like never stop and just kind of settle and accept like this is the way it is. This is the final answer. There's nothing I can do. And, you know, always keep looking. And I hope that this chat today, like for some people gave them a sense of hope because there are other things you can do always. Not everyone is going to completely reverse their condition. I get that. And with a lot of things like MS, like other things as well, you may not be able to completely eliminate eliminate everything, but there's always something you can do to feel better always so just yeah don't give up yeah right i love it thank you yes amazing thank you thank you and um yeah just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time and making space for us and our listeners thank you my pleasure thank you take care ciao for now Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking part of your day and sharing it with me by listening to this amazing podcast episode. I would also like to thank our sponsors, St. Lucian Seamoss. Check them out and get some awesome Seamoss at www.stlucianseamoss.co. If you enjoyed this podcast and it was helpful, please share it with your loved ones or a friend and check out SavoyaSelfCare.com for more amazing wellness tips. Please also leave us a rating now on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot and send it to info at SavoyaSelfCare.com. We will reply with a gift as a grateful thank you. If you want to upgrade your healthy living and take it to the next level, be sure to join us next week. And remember, self-care is not selfish, it's self-love. Ciao for now.